So first, I want to just thank Aaron for allowing me to do this. Um, this is my first sermon. Um, I'm really excited about it. Yesterday, I was very nervous. I had to talk myself off the cliff. Because um, I was just like, man, what if it doesn't go right? What if I'm not perfect enough? What if yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about? Um, but maybe all of that is true. And so that's why I'm going to try my best to decrease
Christian, you go to seven times a good number, that's a positive number. And what I find interesting about the way it's used here is if you go on to uh, chapter 3, it says, After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. So here things are not getting better after the seventh night. And that kind of like perplexed me. And I started questioning what might happen if they would have just sat quietly for one more night. Um, what's interesting is things don't get better. Job starts cursing the day he's born, challenging God, questioning him because it's very existential, right? And then his friends, in response to that, judge him. They reason with him. They reason with God. They try to explain why all of this is going on. And it kind of doesn't really lead to anything. It's not productive for Job or his friends. And so I started to think about the seven days, the seven nights, sitting quietly. And when I did some research, I learned that the, the ripping of the robes and the sprinkling of dust on the heads and the public mourning was all a part of the customary way in which we show sympathy for another back in the day. It was what was in a way expected is how we said, I feel you, I see you, I get you, we're here. And I started questioning, what if they thought after the seven days and seven nights and the ripping of the robes and the sprinkling of the dust, and I said, man, I'll let you have your time, you're good, you're good, you're mad, bro, okay, I'll let you do you. And then things get worse, what that might do to them. And how do we as a society today respond to the brokenness of our brother, the tragedy of the day, and we also give ourselves a time limit from which we will show our respects and then we need to move on, right? And so that's kind of what I want to talk about. I want to talk about these, what I call the three types of quiets we go through when dealing with the tragedy of another or the brokenness of a brother. They are the silence, the shh, and speechlessness. So I want to talk about that. Three types of silence. So the first type of quiet we experience in times of tragedy is what I call the moment of silence. It is the ritualistic things we do to show compassion for the other. It is the flag, the half-staff, the lowered head at the baseball game as they take a moment and bow. It's sending flowers to those who are grieving. It's reading on Facebook about an earthquake in another country and sharing the story on your page. It is the gesture that says, I stand by you, but I stand by you with enough space in between us for me not to have to feel your pain, but rather notice it. And none of this is bad, necessarily. What gets tricky is when every day on the news, online, on the radio, so much pain happening. And it seems like it's at a quicker rate than ever before. Really what's happening is we have more access to it. Um, I'm stuck here and it, it always makes me like chuckle when I hear people say 
not just ritualistic prayer or something scripted, but we can allow our souls to cry out for them. We have to believe in the power of prayer. We have to believe in the power of prayer from a deep soul level. We have to have faith that when we withdraw from our senses and enter into a space where reason no longer commands us, that God bends the laws of nature for us, and anything is possible. But we have to allow ourselves to break. And the fear is telling us we're going to break down. But the spirit stirring inside of us, if we pay attention, we will see we are actually breaking over. Once you actually go down to the depths with a person, once you allow yourself to feel the tragedy, once you let yourself get broken, open, you can then speak life into the situation. Life that has the power to illuminate the dark and propel you into a new reality. A reality that doesn't ignore or shush away the pain, but a reality that says to me the magic word, words, me too. Let's talk about the power of me too. When we allow empathy to enter into our interaction with the world, we grace the world around us. What is grace? For me, the only force that we can project that has the power to change a person without ever saying they were wrong. Saying me too is a type of grace. No one is alone. And when we put up our walls and run from the pain of the world, we trick ourselves into believing that we are all doing this alone. Your spirit is always trying to push against those walls to connect with your brothers and sisters. Your spirit is always trying to push against those walls to connect with your brothers and sisters. Let it. It is why we are here to say, me too. Me too. From a place of deep understanding that all of life is death and resurrection. And though my hour has not come, I will stand with my brother, feeling his anguish, and say, me too. And when I look out into the world and the God that is everywhere, I will say, thank you. Because I have no clue about tomorrow. But today, miracles abound. I can say me too with the pain and thank you for this life at the exact same time. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Weeping is allowed to endure for a night. I welcome it into my life.
joy cometh in the morning. And in that space, there is God. So I want to talk about a couple of ways that I feel just me personally, I've been moved by God into these kind of uh, soul-to-soul interactions with the brokenness of the world and the tragedies of the other. And uh, the first is, um, last semester, I was walking home, and uh, there was a homeless man, and he asked, um, hey, you're about right? And so I then said, you know, let me actually get you something, you know, go to check, I was going to check the box anyway. I'll get you something. What do you want? Said very surprise. No big deal. Um, and right now, I was in my, my seven days and seven nights. I was like, this is how a Christian responds. If the Christian responds, I say, not only will I give you a dollar, I will give you food, sir. And then I will feel great about myself. And so I went um, to get the food. I came back. And that's actually, once I came back and gave it to him, is when I felt the Spirit. I didn't feel the Spirit when I said, you know what, I'll do, I'll do this. No, 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 I didn't feel it then. I felt it when I, when I gave it to him. And the Spirit seemed to move me to sit down right by him. And I didn't know why I was doing that. I didn't have an agenda. I didn't know what was about to happen. I didn't know if he was dangerous. I just intuitively felt that this was an okay thing to do. And I sat down by him. And the surprise on his face, I was like, yeah, me too, I'm not planning on doing this. Um, and I just kind of let him talk, and I really wanted to know what it was like to be in that place. And his name was George, and he had a lot of stuff going on. He had a lot of stuff going on. He um, had just, all of his belongings had just gotten stolen. He had just lost his wallet, all his social and his identity, um, all of his everything, the little that he had. Someone had just stolen his pillow, his blanket, which I learned was kind of how it goes. And I was on the street, you gotta really be vigilant because you can wake up and all the stuff, the little that you have is gone, and then what do you do? Um, so that was kind of like an aha moment for me. I was like, wow, this is, this is unbelievable. But as I sat there with him, and as people, us, I heard him say, have a blessed day. Hey, you want to smile today? Let me see a smile. And I saw people ignore him. I saw some people smile. I saw the majority of people pretend like nothing was happening. And then what was even more disruptive was I saw some of my friends walk past me and give me the what is wrong with you look. Which I feel like we've all given people the what is wrong with you look, but until you like experience it back at you, it was crazy. I was like, I'm just in the world of this guy, stop judging me, you know? And then the most surprising thing about the interaction was he had about 10% bad things to say, despite his story. And 90% of everything else he said was about how beautiful humanity was, how gracious people really are. He told countless stories of waking up to food, countless stories of ministries coming by to pray with him, countless 
the stories of friendships and community he had made there. And I started to feel that I didn't have words, and I was rendered speechless by him, and that some kind of beauty we had found down there with each other. And I started to realize that this, this Christian journey, this spiritual journey of Berlin, is not about what we get after the interactions with these people. The interaction is the gift. Right there is the gift. Right there, we are bumping into heaven. Oh my gosh. When you let yourself get broken, maybe you can break open into a perception of heaven around you. That was big for me. Another way was um, I just recently wrote a musical, which is the hardest thing I've ever done. There you are, right one. Um, but it was uh, a musical kind of um, that came from a really specific need. And the first story I just told is kind of for people to, to relate to being moved by God into an interaction with the broken. And then this, this story I'm going to tell is a little bit about when you feel the need to respond to the bigness of the tragedies around you. It was a musical that came from the need for me to respond to the Black Lives Matter movement, the injustices of our present system. Um, my cousin, who was a, a, a result of um, injustice, um, and I didn't know what to do. And, and I was praying, and what do I do? How do I respond? And then God said, take what you do, take what you know, respond in that way. And through creating, it was cathartic, through creating the show, I was allowing myself to break with these people that I would never see, these people who might never know me. And I was able to dedicate it to these families who would never know that in some school in Hollywood, lives of their sons and daughters would be paid tribute to in some way. And out of that came light. Out of that came a cathartic moment for everyone who experienced the show. It grew to become something bigger than us. And I think that's what we're here to do as well. Take our resources, take what we do, take our gifts, and respond to that need. Because everybody has that need inside of them. I can only speak from an artistic point of view, but we're all creators. We all can create the productive response we want to see in the world. And then the last thing I want to talk about is prayer again. I really believe that connecting to a deep soul source inside of us is enough sometimes. That it really might be enough to go home, drop to your knees, and say what to God? Say uh, to the universe, how do you want me to respond? And I think that maybe praying actually still has power even when we don't see the results of it. I think that the hope is in realizing that when we exit the 
possibilities that we may ever see. Right? And that's the mystery of it all. And for me, prayer is the communication with the divine outside of the physical and mental world. And so it can look like a conversation. It can look like a song. It can look like your work. It can be whatever takes you out and then transforms you for the way you re-enter into the world. And for me, I just want to close with a prayer that I started with that is very much a prayer to me. And I think that it is as effective in creating love into the universe as sitting down with a, a fallen brother, as creating something in response, as protesting, as legislating, as, as powerful, and what if it's more so So I want to ask you to close your eyes, but if you want to, you can. And I'm just going to close with 